I was very clear I want to do something different in life. We were featured everywhere like BBC, Your Story, Hindustan Times, anywhere. The ROI of being an entrepreneur is exponential. I need to raise money to survive. Welcome to the Bacon on Evening podcast. We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures, and play a few games. Today, we have with us the co-founder and CEO of Pazcare, Sanjit Malik. He studied electronics and telecommunication at the Maharashtra Institute of Technology. Besides interning at MindTickle, Sanjit has been a serial entrepreneur. His journey started with Padharo, Townscript, which was acquired by Book My Show, by the way, and now Pazcare. Sanjit, have we missed anything particularly noteworthy from your journey so far? Uh, I think you've covered everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So Jani is going to start uncovering just a little more. Yeah, so we're going to play a quick little game called the Twitter Pit Challenge. Uh, Twitter is known for its 280 character limit on every tweet, which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts. It takes about 20 seconds to speak 280 characters. So we want to transfer this challenge to you to explain to us back in 20 seconds, but we won't make it easy. We also want you to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. Three, two, one, go. Basket is India's leading employee benefits platform, which helps employers set up their benefits instantly, which includes insurance, uh, tax saving benefits and healthcare benefits. Uh, so, hashtag uh, love your employees and with a heart. Yeah. I hope I completed in 20 seconds. Yes, just at 20 seconds. So, perfect. Okay. <laughs> but it was a beautiful explanation. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. So, let's, let's you know, delve a little deeper into your journey. Um, you know, Sanchit, we noticed that you've, you've never done the corporate stint, the corporate job. Was that ever on the cards or that was something you didn't want to do at all? Yeah, so uh, actually I didn't want to do at all. So uh, so like when I was in college, uh, I was very clear I want to do something different in life. Uh, I mean, I really wanted to be in IIT. Uh, my brother was, in, was a graduate from IIT Delhi and my uh, dad was a famous professor for people uh, in organic chemistry and he used to help people prepare also for IITJ. So after that, like when I didn't get through, I always had that something that, hey, I want to do something different in life. So I did have a job offer from a company called Deloitte uh, from my college. But then, uh, I mean, that ambition of doing something different and being uh, like do something bigger in life. So I decided not to join the job. So did you have an idea right out of college for something, you know, the different thing that you wanted to do? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so first during my first, second year, uh, when I was exploring what to do in life. So, so I was, I was very much into social entrepreneurship. So, uh, I used to, I was part of this NGO called Goonch, uh, uh, which is by Mr. Anshu Gupta. And I was, I used to lead their Pune, Pune, center and Pune activities when it comes to joy of giving week where we used to do Vastra Savan campaign. Uh, but I, I, I got too much into it. And then my brother, he suggested me like, you should do something, uh, for profit. And then maybe you can do a lot of, uh, 
charity and social enterprise as well later on as you grow as an individual and he did give me i still remember that he gave me example of bill gates that he did so much uh, in his life as a capitalist and then he created one of the biggest uh, foundations in the world so keeping that in mind i i started developing my interest in for profit and in college we had the startup by the way padaro was a college startup so we had started in college in 2011 12 i guess uh, and that gave me a lot of confidence to i mean padaro was we started making some money there uh, in the whole process uh, we had suppliers we had uh like it was a greater service for foreigners who come to india like anyone who wants to it similar to or something like airbnb experiences what it is right now so uh, uh and we were featured everywhere bbc it was a very novel idea much ahead of its time uh like bbc your story hindustan times anywhere like i was like why are we getting so much of media coverage but at the same time that helped us uh build a platform and we served Uh, some 20 25 customers uh and builds everything from scratch so that gave us uh, me personally a lot of confidence that hey i can do it i mean this is possible that right? you can create some exponential value and that uh so though it was not very scalable as an idea uh during uh as an idea and it was the market was not so big uh so i i realized quickly and i decided to move on from that and that's when i met my co-founder Sachin of Townscript uh, in 2013, and we thought like, hey, there is something called Eventbrite in the US, uh, which is uh, a, like a creator platform for creators to create their events instantly. Uh, there was Bookpie Show in India, very similar to something like Ticketmaster, and we said like, uh, we felt like I think like in the whole e-commerce wave at that time in 2013, uh, we felt that there will be an a wave around events as well and that's when we started uh townscript in 2013 uh, uh with my co-founder sachin uh, yeah so i mean i think it it all i i'll not say that i instantly it was a switch uh to start my own company uh after college the 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 previous 2 3 years which i did where i did a lot of activities during my college started patharo Uh, gave me a lot of confidence i was part of this program called startup leadership program uh, in college uh, i mean i was we were the first batch in pune at that time so that also sort of gave me like lot of confidence and network to have courage to sort of start up uh, uh, to start up immediately after college your journey overall like you've been able to do so many things and also like seek validation at a very early stage with like padharo for example um you mentioned that like you got a lot of recognition for that so to get that kind of uh validation for your idea while you were still at university is quite like interesting and um and like you like you said that that stint came to an end but you started that and ended that while you were still at university so well ahead of the curve uh what was your biggest learning from that experience yeah so uh, i think the biggest learning from that the whole the the college experience where we had so much of energy and uh, so much of passion uh, the biggest learning was that the roi of being an entrepreneur is exponential i mean so the life of a as an as a uh, as a as an employee if i am not a shareholder especially in like something like some some company like deloitte if i had joined i mean i would have grown 
I, I would have done decently there as well. But the value that you can create as an entrepreneur in the people's life uh, and also in your personal life is pretty pretty high. And I, I feel that I was lucky that I was I graduated at the right time uh, and I was at the right time at the right and also at the right place. Uh, considering in 2013, it was now I feel it's like a long time now, but uh, I, uh, it still feels like yesterday. But at that time, uh, entrepreneurship was picking up uh, and I was very inspired by people like Sachin Bansal and Kunal Bell, Kunal Shah. So, and Zishan Hayat, who's the founder of Proper. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe I was like one of the early adopters of entrepreneurship wave in India, but uh, at that time, uh, the biggest learning is that the like the exponential return and exponential value that you can create as an individual uh, is like much higher value. So it's always good to be an entrepreneur if you can uh, and create more value than rather than create a linear value being an being an employee in a larger organization. Oh, hundred percent. The, it, yeah, it's very interesting that you said that a KROI and you know, that like really early on, which is also cool. And the fact that like you're correct in the sense that you were way like in the early times of being an entrepreneur. I think at that point it was still like conventional to start and there were jobs like breaking those barriers. I feel like right now it's more easier and a lot of um, young people are more uh, inclined to start something of their own because they're more supported in that sense. And there's a lot more around entrepreneurship and just like knowledge that everyone has around that but um as you said you were also a fellow at a startup leadership program and what edge did you get by being part of that program i think i'll say that uh being like uh, it helped me uh like be part of a great network of people a great network of entrepreneurs so i mean slp really played a great role like see it, it you build like it, it's like a flywheel right you i got into creating padharo and padharo helped me get into slp slp again it's like a flywheel it come everything compounds right so uh i mean slp was one of our first customers in townscript right and and the first investor uh was also an slp uh, uh graduate and also, my co-founder was from SLP. So the network of uh, the network itself, right? So for me, it was my IIT sort of right in in my in initial days of entrepreneurship. So I think that way the network itself uh, enabled uh, us and gave us a head start to some extent. They gave us their own business. Like SLP was our very large client in Townscript, and then many people from SLP started using us as their as 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 our customers so i think uh it, it's a great community i am still part of it and uh, i feel proud uh where now if i am able to create some value for slp i do that but i think communities like slp the genuine ones I'm, i'll not say the all uh but they can definitely help you get a head start and also help you connect with some really inspirational people uh in the whole network yeah Okay, so let's talk about <clears throat> the value that you're creating, right? When you, you, you Townscript got acquired by Book My Show. Can you talk us through the entire journey, right? Where did you connect with them? Did they connect with you? How do you go through the process? 
as and all doing all of that as a young entrepreneur how did that work for you yeah so uh, so our thesis when we started townscript so our thesis was that events is a very large market in india that's what we thought at that point of time and everyone thought and book my show will be like an entertainment platform and for large entertainment platforms and then we will be something like a platform for any kind of an event which is more like a participative sports event uh, like marathons conferences where people participate uh, we will be a platform for all of those type of events to facilitate so uh, we started building around that and we built a very nice platform uh, and book my show grew really crazily in from 2013 to 2017 where it became like a go to entertainment and movies platform uh, and then in the whole journey uh, they also sort of we started overlapping on few types of events right so where uh, uh, like for example comic con used to be book my show's customer uh, then we got them on pascare oh sorry my bad townscript uh, so th- then we got them on townscript and uh, so they were using townscript as their primary primary platform and they were just listing on book my show and the 980% of the business was also happening on townscript website and there were other clients as well where we became like we started having overlap where they were using both townscript and book my show but townscript was being used as a ticketing system and book my show was being used as a marketing platform uh to get more tickets so that's where we started seeing some overlap uh and then we had some connect uh with uh book my show leadership team uh, uh and we met, we had met them before as well and then uh that's when like i mean in this was in 2017 like after 4 5 years we connected so we also felt that i think it makes sense for us to have a larger partner rather than uh, building ourselves because the we also realized gradually that it's not a very large market in india so uh, it's a very niche space we were doing around 200 250 crore worth of ticket sales annually uh, with a very small size team but it it was a very scalable product uh, but at the same time we also realized that this cannot uh, become a very large company as a stand alone uh, business so it was a gradual uh, and bookmesh wanted to get into what we were doing right and they were trying to bid but maybe they did could not at that point of time so uh, then uh, it was and ashish really liked us uh, ashish is the ceo of bookmesh and i mean we have a lot of respect for i mean i personally have a lot of respect for their both the founders and then it was like a natural uh, like uh, uh, partnership uh so then uh, i mean that's that's like a sort of uh, more or less i'll say that we were in their radar considering we were having a lot of overlap of events gradually yeah you were in the radar you had a good product they had demand they wanted to get into that space so it, it worked out yeah. well so let's come to pascare then um where did the idea for pascare come from because you've never been in corporate right so employee benefits is not something that an entrepreneur thinks about until they have a team that they need to manage it for and you know there are pain points that you feel as an employee that you might want to solve for and then you become an entrepreneur which wasn't the case for you but you have said that it was born because of a small car accident that you encountered so what 
what was the idea what were the pain points you were trying to solve yeah so i'll give you the i have a very interesting uh, uh, basically journey of coming to this idea so basically so the i i was very uh, i'll say that like taken aback from my previous experience of building company that hey i slogged so hard but the market size was not very large right so townscript was a great success i'll i'll say that uh, we it was an all cash deal all the uh, stakeholders made money and we also made some money in the whole uh, this thing it, it was not a stock swap deal uh, but uh, the uh, the whole in the in the whole process my i was carrying one regret if i can build townscript i can build a larger company as well so there's no uh, there's no there's no doubt about that i i was young I, i'm still young uh, and i'm experienced also this time right so i felt that the next time whenever we i am i'm doing any business right so uh, i i like to be in the market which is so large so that market size should not be a problem right so uh, there should not be any end to the market size so uh, and that's when like uh, bfsi is one space which is like that there's no everyone needs banking financial services and insurance bfsi includes insurance and very very interested about i'm i've always been very intrigued about this space the whole banking finance and um, uh, financial services and insurance space so uh, that's when i i was looking for a lot of ideas in this space where uh, hey it is not winner take all this is there can be multiple companies in this space in in financial service space and at the same time uh, uh it's very large right you can build a large company so there are so many banks so many lending companies so many insurance companies so in the whole uh, scheme of the things i was when i was looking for different ideas like what can be digitized in the whole process right uh, while looking at there were so many lending companies at that time it is i'm talking about 2019 and that's when uh and many digital stock broking companies had come up lot of action had started happening already in 2017 right there was a wave of companies in lending also and that's when uh i realized that in bfs there is one i where there is nothing of sorts happening right so there was only one company which is policy bazaar uh was doing and then digit had come and echo had come this was 2018 19 i'm talking about and that's when i felt that there will be multiple players in this segment which will be uh, and the trigger was that was the car somebody hit my car uh, my car wash guy hit that car and then i realized that uh, i was very much actually uh, very disturbed because i had not used my car insurance ever so and actually i had digits policy and uh, experience was very smooth and that made me realize that hey can this be looked from different perspective especially b2b so townscript was a b2b driven marketplace uh, actually it's a b2b platform so b2b is my strength as an entrepreneur right so i thought like hey i think i can build a b2b company so uh, why don't i see this space from b2b perspective the insurance space and that's when i realized that everything is happening manually and why why don't i jump into it yeah yeah it's interesting how like uh, something like so tiny in the grand scheme of things can change like the trajectory of your entire journey of everything that you were doing 
because like even if you were in like exploring options in like the banking finance insurance sector it took like a tiny accident to like switch and like trigger that idea so that's like really cool to see like um how like how people also like adapt from what's like around you and what you experience and like that's the way the entire journey so far has led but um something that also was really interesting uh, to see was that in a like within a span of less than 3 years like you've had you have a team of more than 170 uh members so how did that happen like how was the scaling so large and also if you have like any tips on managing people yeah so uh i'll say that this is the uh, like the market was very hot in 2021 i didn't expect it to become so fast moving and there was so much of liquidity and when i came back to starting from scratch i was really shocked because when i had started this was in 2013 at that time raising money was very difficult and then i realized that uh, now uh, the market is moving faster than i think i thought like first let me build some get some customers and then i'll reach out to investors but uh, but then by the time you realize that three four startups coming in the same space and then somebody is raising money so raising money was relatively easier uh, so then building the business Uh, at that time which is always the other way around uh, uh then then i realized that i need to raise money to survive right so because if my competitor raises like uh, 2x 3x then capital becomes too heavy on you right so uh, with that thought process i i had to sh- shift my gears and change the way i thought how businesses should be built and i went into the market and raised uh we raised almost 100 crore rupees in one year uh and then uh so i'll say building team uh, my experience of building pascare uh, sorry townscript building my previous company really helped me so this time if i was the first time entrepreneur i might not have got so much of courage and move, uh, move fast in in terms of building structure i knew what i have to do i just had to fill the space really fast 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 and uh, like i know how like what what needs to be done in marketing basics are sorted everywhere sales sales processes which crm to be used which support software to be used where to what should be the processes so the from when it comes to processes uh, and softwares everything was the same template which i had to just replicate in this uh this this company so and my co-founder uh, and cto manish is also a very experienced professional so he was director of engineering in cleartax and mindtickle so for him to build the tech and product team super duper quick was also not so ma- now i think it's a very stable market to be honest uh, but la- just to match the speed of the market we had to move very very fast uh, but i'll say that here uh, being experienced helped uh, i wouldn't have been able to sort of execute really well uh, with uh, so much of efficiency if i was a first time entrepreneur at least from the speed perspective yeah fair enough and any tips for the rest of the entrepreneurs on managing such a large team yeah so uh, there are two three things one is as a ceo your job is to give direction to the company right uh, like not but not to get into uh, i mean you can't be everywhere that's what you realize when you have 
quite a many number of employees and number of team members. Uh, so you need to have a very strong leadership team. And the most important thing is you need to create a culture of trust first, right? Uh, you need to, I mean, right now I'm in Pune, we have 120 members sitting in Bangalore. Uh, so it's very, I mean, I have to trust that everyone is working. So fundamentally you have to trust, uh, trust your team and especially the leadership team and create a culture around that and create your core values, uh, put it on, like share with everyone uh, and define clear cut direction of each teams is very, very critical is, is what I feel. Otherwise people, if, if they don't have direction, I think it becomes very difficult to move things. So somebody has to give direction to the, to the to 200 people, like what, where we have to do. So we have, we have to go. So that's where I think that's what the job profile of any CEO is to give a good direction to the organization, which is very clear. There is no ambiguity in terms of my roles, anyone's roles and responsibilities. And that's where your KRAs and all come into picture, but like at a very fundamental level, give them direction and trust them that they will do really well uh, and hire right set of people to do that. Yeah. But, you know, in order to do that, um, you yourself need to be evolving every day, right? And to a certain extent, maybe at a speed that's faster than your, than your, than your team. How do you make sure, you know, there's one part of evolution is your experience, but how do you ensure that you are evolving at a pace that's enough for you to be able to drive your team in a particular direction? Yeah, so it's, so there are so many variables, right? So market variables, uh, which includes how the market is behaving, right? Uh, uh, which includes competitors, which includes how customers are thinking about what you're doing, right? Uh, I feel that uh, you have to be in the market, right? So if you have a sense of the market really, really good, uh, then you can take you can adapt with the market, right? So for example, last two years, you're supposed to be aggressive. This this year, you're supposed to be efficient, right? Uh, uh, I think it's a sense of being able to analyze that what's being self-aware of what's happening and then having a continuous learning uh, approach mindset plus conviction. So for example, I mean, there's so much of wave of uh, Web3 last year, uh, then now AI, right? But is it relevant to what you're doing? Uh, and having your own conviction backed by like qualitative conviction plus data is very critical. So you need to have conviction not only in, in front of your investors or customers, but in your inside your team as well. Otherwise team also loses the confidence. So, uh, that's, that is very important, but at the same time, uh, your, to answer your question, to be precisely, I think it's very, very critical to be very self-aware when it comes to market and adapt and learn continuously. Fair enough. And you worked with some of the great, greatest companies, right? Mind tickle, tree bottles, mama, beer biceps, lead school. Um, sorry, lead school. How did you go about your sales process how do you sell your product to someone yeah so uh i mean as a founder you're the first salesperson so sales is my strength uh has been my strength so uh 
I love building relationships. So uh, many of the customers that you mentioned, I have some level of references. So first 60, 70 customers I got myself in the company and that gave us the uh, first push, right? Like you talked about many of them was were brought by myself, right? So I uh, love hustling, right? Love moving fast as a, as a founder. I feel that I, till the processes are set, the first person to start anything has to be me, right? Uh, I am very hands-on as a, as a founder. Uh, uh, sometimes people hire like VP sales. Uh, I feel that I should be doing it uh, because I'm the best person to do it. Uh, plus at the same time, I learn from the customers faster. So I am of a believer of delegating team, delegating to people only when I know it is now in the journey of scaling. But when it comes to uh, finding zero to one in any kind of like, whether it is customer support or new sales or product, it's my responsibility. So I did all the sales by myself. Initially, we were a very two, two, three members team and I used to go in every call at close. Now, even now I try to be involved in larger deals, but gradually now it, it is not scalable for me to get involved. It's, it's a way, I mean, not so efficient way to sort of scale. Now I have to step back and let it scale, educate my team. But initially it was all done by me. It's cool. I think um, for anyone, it's difficult to find, like draw that line or put up that boundary of like when to continue being uh, involved or when to like let go and trust like your team to go ahead with that. So that's definitely a difficult battle to go through. Uh, but you also uh, shared with us before, like we started recording, that you recently had a baby. So how has it been balancing the work life with your personal life? Um, so I'll say that I'll give a uh, lot of credit to my wife. So she's the most supportive person and I'm lucky to have her. So um, she knows that I have to be here because this is very important. So, so she's my classmate from college so we have we go a long way together so uh, so she has seen like how passionate I am in what I'm doing so uh, uh, I mean she she says that hey it's okay if you sleep in the other room I'll take care of the baby in the night because you know you have to feed the baby uh, every three hours so or every two hours and when when they're like one month old so or less than a month old or less than three months old so that way, I, and but I I make sure that on the weekends I I sleep there. So and one of the days I sleep. But that level of understanding uh, in terms of the family uh, is I mean people say that spouses or family members are the unsung heroes, but it's not possible to be a founder if you have if you don't have such a supportive family. Yeah, it's definitely a teamwork at the end of the day. Oh whether it is at the company or outside. Um, but saying that, let's move on to our next challenge, which is uh, two lies and one truth. Uh, the idea is that you give us three statements uh, from your entire journey so far. Uh, it can be a challenge or an accomplishment. Uh, one of them will be the truth and the other two will be false statements. And then Anuj and I have to guess which one is correct. I'll, I'll try to mention like 
something related to my school days so that it's harder for you to guess <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so otherwise like everything is there on linkedin right so or somewhere other so perfect yeah thank you <laughs> so first is like i was topper of my class in 12th that is first right achievement right so second is uh i was uh, a badminton champion right uh in school right and third is i cleared some maybe i i scored uh, 99.99% in cat yeah so you have to guess that the right one yeah. i'm going to go with badminton champion. yeah you can always thinking that Yeah, I guess that was mentioned on my LinkedIn. I guess. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I chose badminton champion. One is, I don't know if ninety nine point nine nine percent is possible in cat. I don't think it is. Um, oh, okay. And the other, the the reason why I didn't pick that you were a topper is because I have a theory that no successful entrepreneur was a topper in school a very few very few successful entrepreneurs <laughs> were toppers in school it's a random theory it has no it has Some no correlation. Uh, <laughs> no real correlation yeah. it's just some it's a pattern of yeah it's just a pattern of seeing you know an entrepreneur might be second in school third in school or last in school <laughs> if you're anywhere in the middle or if you're number 1 You're not an entrepreneur. Like you don't end up being a an successful entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah. Or an entrepreneur in general. But also, yeah, I think <laughs> I don't know whether you're trying to trick us or not. But like in the second one, you were like being ambiguous about what it was. So I was like, okay, maybe it's tricking. But yeah, <laughs> awesome. Let's let's go to the next challenge. Okay. Um. So that was a warm up, right? Now we're gonna give you um. It's this next challenge is called red flags. Um. what we've done is we've we've created three hypothetical situations and in each of these situations there are two things that are going great and one thing that's going not so great but basically you have to choose which of these situations you would rather be in okay so situation 1 is that pasca has more than 10000 satisfied customers it is the go to platform for employers to take care of their employees and prioritize their well-being however because of a technological malfunction you are unable to process claims for up to a week that situation 1 situation 2 is you've got a 9.8 out of 10 rating for overall customer satisfaction and 80 plus net promoter score for claims and support however you have dropped to number 10 from number 1 in the ranking of the best brand in insurance that situation number 2 and situation number 3 is you've got more than 300 employees at pascare more than 15 lakh employees covered with pascare but employees are not receiving support in a timely manner and are therefore providing negative reviews and feedback which of these situations would you rather be in and why yeah i can figure out in all the situations so but what <laughs> 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 but but, but uh, i think i think situation 2 is like a nice place to be in because uh if my customers are happy uh i think that's the most important thing and that and they will be with me and they they can help me rebuild my brand if I, my ranking has fallen down so 
yeah that's what i'll say yeah yeah so i want to ask you so you you based your answer um on the fact that the red flag is something you can tackle right like that's that's what you were trying to judge is which is the easiest of these three challenges that you can tackle instead of like which are of which of these great things do you want most right was that your thought process yeah um i i think how i index is that for me if my customers are happy then i can scale uh and i can turn around anything so that was the in the second situation all the my customers are happy so that's my first priority <laughs> than anything else yeah they are very happy yeah very yeah happy. so 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 that's my first priority i mean that's what i live for so uh, anything else can be figured out yeah fair enough the customer is always right yeah um <laughs> but yeah moving on to our uh, final segment that's the rapid fire so it's self explanatory i'll ask you questions and you need to give us rapid and quick answers so um how many all nighters did you pull in your first year of basketball 30 40 oh yeah. wow okay uh yeah. what is the scrappiest thing that you have done to build your business selling without product <laughs> <laughs> uh did you ever question whether it was worth it yeah many times yeah uh, i question it now also <laughs> uh, yeah. one word to describe your emotion when you first raised money very satisfied like you feel complete right so i think it's a milestone right so like somebody has trusted me it it gives you a feeling of satisfaction that hey somebody is trusting me so much but at the same time like a feeling of like responsibility Fair enough. Uh, emotion when you first fired someone. Very, very bad. I mean, that was very hard. Yeah. Uh, emotion when you uh, when you um your deal closed with Book My Show. Very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that was one of the best moments of life. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest place from where you have worked. So our our office uh in Townscript. first office that was a shop which had which had a shutter so it could accommodate uh uh around four people max that was actually a shop it it's in this uh place called mega center uh, in near magarpatta city uh, it's there's something called mega center you can and i still remember the number a201 so there uh, uh i mean it could only count it for people and one of one of the days my friend i was very excited to show him my office and then he said where is your office i said like just let me open the shutter first <laughs> so the, <laughs> so you <he> were shocked <laughs> yeah but i still feel very proud yeah oh uh, um, your biggest fear fear of survival of the company yeah <laughs> uh would you ever retire i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't know. <laughs> After seeing my dad, I feel I might not. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which hobby of yours did your work kill? Ah, uh, singing and badminton. Oh, yeah. okay. Both. Uh, yeah. books or podcasts? These days, podcasts. <laughs> no attention span to read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an iPad or a notebook? A notebook. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Uh, morning person. Yeah. 
And your favorite social media platform? Favorite social media platform these days is LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that concludes the rapid fire segment, bringing us to the end of our conversation. But before we let you go, we ask every guest to ask our next guest a question. So we'll first ask you what our previous guest asked, and then we'll ask you what you want to ask our next guest. Um, so your question was, why do you exist to experience life? Okay, short and sweet. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what life is. I feel. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Sanjay, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to discuss and talk about your journey, and thank you for sharing your journey um, to like the rest of us that are trying to do something similar. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I really like the format. It was very different <laughs> from other podcasts. So. I wish you all the best. Dude, your story is so like authentic. It was absolutely amazing having you. Thank you so much, Anuj. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Anvi.